We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our collaboration episode with Matthew Collar with the Purple Insider Podcast. We're going to have Matthew come on and we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings matchup against the Detroit Lions all on episode 199 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Yes. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? <laughs> Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast in the Purple Insider Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler. I got my two guys, as always, Malcolm Pierre. We got the host of the Purple Insider, Matthew Collar. Matthew, how are you doing today, my man? I am good, uh, guys. Are you not um, excited for this 0-4 versus 1-3 matchup that the whole league is talking about? I mean... Chris Myers is calling the game, and you know when you get the Chris Myers team that it's serious. Oh no, it's a big one. We got a lot yeah. of Chris Myers last year, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> we were we were used to him, honestly. With him and um, his crew was a little different this year than last year. I think it was him and Greg Jennings and Brock here last year. I don't, I don't know who he's with this year. We haven't got him yet, but. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know either. I just know that when you get that F team going on, you know, and Joe Buck is not exactly showing up at your stadium, you know that you better turn your season around. Well, we don't have Joe Buck ever, so I mean, I'm not complaining, but we, we don't we usually don't get Joe Buck on our end. Uh, Malcolm B, how are you yeah. boys doing today? I am doing well. Tyler, what's up with you, bro? 
not much, man. You know, we're here to talk some Lions, Vikings, week five action. Like Matt said, 0-4 versus 1-3. But I, I think it's been a, you know, a different story for both our teams in the early going of the of this, you know, first month of the season. What, would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Vikings have played mostly well in all of their games, um, if, but have fallen short for different reasons. Like against Cleveland, their defense, uh, they allowed a lot of running yards, but they did a really good job against Baker Mayfield, pressuring him and causing problems for him. But the offense couldn't operate that day. And in Arizona, they get a lead. They sort of let it slip away. They miss a field goal. It's, it's kind of been like something goes wrong each week. The difference between our two franchises is if the Detroit Lions go 0-16, then you start looking at Spencer Rattler with some excitement or whoever is the number one pick. We don't know at this moment. Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, with the, there you go. With the Vikings, though, 1-3 is... Uh, it sort of reminds me of Matt Patricia last year and, and the idea that you could have a GM, a head coach and a quarterback all gone in one off season or, you know, middle of the season firings or, or something like that. I mean, it starts to get uh, very hot for everyone. And if they lose to the Lions, I mean, it, that could be it. Like it could be it could be over right there for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. So there's kind of uh, different storylines going along from, hey, this plucky team is going to try to you know, fight their way through the season and then draft high versus uh, this could be a team having to make major changes in Minnesota. Malcolm, are we talking about the same guy last week? We were talking to Bears pod last week. I feel like this is the same exact report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Matthew, um, so as far as the head coach, like he's on the hot seat right now um, for you guys. Yeah. I don't is think there's any, yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, when you, when you're here for eight years, I look around the league and tell me how many guys are in charge for eight years without a ring. Um, there probably aren't any. I mean, you know, there are some uh, coaches like Pete Carroll who maybe have passed their prime, but they're going to get a lot of benefit of the doubt because they won a Super Bowl. And for Mike Zimmer, they went to an NFC championship. Uh, we call that the Viking Super Bowl because they've been to many an NFC championship, but they've never figured out a way to win one. Uh, but, you know, they've been competitive this entire time. But, I mean, they don't give you a ring that says competitive on it. And they've gotten to a point where um, it it's not only like, oh, they're a playoff team, they're fighting with Green Bay. It's more of they're having to dig themselves out of huge holes to even be in the playoff race. And that's not where anybody expected to be when they handed out $30 million a year to Kirk Cousins. And at some point you just have to show the fans that you care about that because otherwise you're sort of sending the message. If you let them go one and four and lose to a team that is in the very bottom of the NFL, very then bottom. you're, then you're saying the very bottom, the very bottom that you're down <laughs> there with, when you are down there with urban Meyer, you are at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but when you're, if you, if you let that pass, if you're, if you're one in three and your message to the world is, oh, we're better than one in three. And then you lose to a team that's oh and four and is completely blown up everything with their franchise to rebuild. I mean, I, I don't know how you recover from that. There's no, uh, you know, quote you can give at the podium. That's going to make anybody feel like, uh, you're the right guy to lead anymore if that's where you end up. So I, it's a very important game for the Vikings from that perspective, that if they want to have any kind of season, um, I, I don't think they could just win. I think they got to like really win this game. Mm. All right. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. Before we get into the keys of the game, uh, let's talk about the injury report for both of these teams. We'll start off with the Lions injury report. Pierre, you want to give us the Lions injury report? Yeah. Um, 
TJ Hawkson knee didn't practice. Panay Sewell ankle didn't practice. Then Brockers, Flowers, Swift, and Williams, they're all limited. They were, they've been limited for the past couple of weeks. They all, they should all be good to go. But, man, Hawkson and Sewell added to the injury report with Ragnar going on IR, with Taylor Decker on IR, with Romeo Clara on IR, Jeva Kuda on IR. I mean, I go on and on, right? These so, injuries are adding up, man. These injuries are adding up. The Lions are basically fielding a preseason roster. I mean... Ooh. This this is not good. If if um Penny Soul can't go, we're looking at what Will Holden holder. Will Holden, or you move Big V to left tackle and you put Stenberg in at guard. I mean, it's just a mess. Ooh. So we to be a tackle. And that was supposed to be our strengths going into the year. And they've been a you know, a they've been pretty goals. they've been good yeah. when they're healthy. Yeah. Uh, outside outside of that Bears game, it's been a good strength for this Lions team. And to take out Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker still not gonna return this week, taking out Frank Rag now this week. Aquara. Sheesh. Oh, I'm talking about just the offensive line right now. But oh, okay. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that Why? Is... All right, Matthew, what's the, Vikings, what's the Vikings report looking like right now, man? Uh, on the Vikings side, I'm not going to uh, read you everyone that has a listing in practice. Well, they have a full Yeah, just people who are kind of dinged up in some way or another uh, and have been uh, on there recently. But just the guys who did not practice was Delvin Cook, Michael Pierce, Amir Smith-Marset, and Nick Vigil. Now, Delvin Cook said today that he is not 100% yet, which is a very bad sign for the Vikings. Now, I think that, uh, you know, Alex Madison will not have any problem running against the Detroit Lions, but mm. still, hey, hey. hey. you guys can't guy. say, he's, he's you guys can't solid. say, I know, hey, I hey. know. Uh, but but Ma- I mean Madison is good. Like he's proven over use he's good. So, he is, so like it's him. not it's not like there's some massive drop off is what I mean if Delvin Cook um is slowed down. One of the problems is though when Delvin Cook is slowed down is that they just keep going to him anyway and what we saw last week is it wasn't very successful because his burst is not the same with this ankle injury. Um Smith Marset doesn't really matter. He's kick returner for them, but Michael Pierce is a huge one. Because I think if there's one thing Detroit can do, even with the uh, ragtag offensive line, it's run against the Vikings. The Vikings have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, and uh, you have talent in the backfield. And now if Michael Pierce is out, there is a possibility to kind of run all over the Vikings. And Nick Vigil being hurt is another problem because Anthony Barr is coming back, but he's only going to be in a limited basis. If they don't have Nick Vigil, and you know we'll see where it goes, but if they don't have him... You're talking about, you know, getting down to Blake Lynch is the other linebacker. I mean, you're short a defensive tackle and a linebacker. That doesn't make things easier to stop the run. Now, don't you guys have um, the dude from this year? Uh, you signed him. Dalvin Tomlinson, you mean? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He could, like, fill in for Pierce, right? He can. Right, correct. Uh, but the problem is that behind Dalvin Tomlinson is – uh, whatever shadow of Sheldon Richardson has been playing for the Vikings that I do not recognize from the last time I saw him and Armand Watts, who has, it was just a sixth round pick and has just been a guy and he gets generally steamrolled in the run game. And he had to play a lot last week and the Cleveland offensive line just trucked them on many different occasions. So that, I think those, those couple of injuries could be pretty significant though. Uh, of all of them, I would expect Dalvin cook probably has the best chance to play. Malcolm, I'm going to kick it off to you. So now you look at this yeah. Vikings defense um, and the Lions, like, you know, Matt just said, it, it, the Lions offense, when it's going, it's getting the run game going. But obviously you're decimating a lot of off, good offensive linemen that have been getting the run game going. What's something you look at this week that the Lions offense is trying to get going against this Vikings defense? You know, Matthew said it's definitely trying to get the running game going. 
But the thing is with the Lions, what they show so far is like, you know, they, they'll start the running game and then they'll just abandon it. So, you know, this week I'm looking to see if they, you know, start the running game and then, you know, continue with that running game and then maybe, you know, play off of golf off that. So that that's why I think the key for the Lions is just, you know, get that running game going, um, especially if they're banging up inside in the interior. So this is get the running game. Swift and um, Jamal Williams, man, let's go. Matthew, how would you say the Vikings' pass defense has looked? I know you said the running defense has been one of the worst in the NFL, but how would you say the pass defense is? You got Patrick Peterson this offseason, brought in Brashad uh, Breland this offseason as well. You know, how would you say the pass defense ranks? And even uh, as far as linebackers as well, because Swift is a big, you know, guy in the game plan, getting him involved in the passing game as well. Can I ask you first, like, what year you guys think the Lions will have a good running game again? This is maybe uh. like. 2028, 2026, maybe. I mean, that that would that would be uh, sooner than what it's been right now. Yeah, so. man. No, like uh, to answer your question though, the Lions' running game is there, but they just go away from it for whatever they reason. It. They abandoned it. Like last week, um, Jamal Williams averaging you know almost almost five yards per carry, but then he just went away with just went away from him. Yeah, even, uh, even last year, like DeAndre Swift was really good against the Vikings, but they had to run Adrian Peterson a bunch of times for so what reason? Just, was just I have no idea. That was idiotic, you know. That was, was you know Pencilhead. Pencilhead was doing all that, so that that's a different story. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just looking back at this today, and I will answer your question. I promise, Tyler. But um, so Pro Football Reference only goes back to 1994, right? So I searched 94 to 98, and Barry Sanders had 12 runs of over 20 yards just against the Vikings from 94 to 98. The next most against the Vikings was three. Uh, so so like of course Barry Sanders had all these highlight real plays against the Vikings. And so that's what I think of as everyone else does. But it's I remember you guys told me last year, like they haven't had a thousand yard rusher since or maybe they had one since Barry Sanders. And here you guys are again saying like, well, maybe you can get a run game going. It's it's truly remarkable. Like every team in the league has had two or three great running backs and. You just got nothing still. Matthew, yeah. we haven't had a 100-yard rusher. But, I mean, from 28, no, no. Besides 2018 when carry on broke in on Sunday Night Football, the last time was 2013 on Thanksgiving with Reggie Bush. For 100 yards. 100-yard rusher just in one game. What? Like, what? You know, that just, like, just take that in a matter. 100 <laughs> yards in one game. Like, that's not that much. No. And, and it took us five years. Um, is my math right? Yeah, wait, f- yeah, five years to get you're talking that. About, you're talking about before 2018, right? Before carry yeah, on, yeah, yeah, before yeah. So, so before 2018, when we drafted carry on Johnson, we haven't had a hundred yard rusher since since Reggie Bush. And yeah. carry on's not on the roster anymore. Carry on's on the roster. Carry on's on an NFL practice squad right now. He just got released from the Niners practice squad. Yeah, but yeah, that was our last hundred yard rusher. I mean, not our last last hundred yard rusher since you know had the and our, and our and our last thousand yard rusher goes to Reggie Bush. I mean, that's just mind blowing. Reggie Bush, of all people, who I don't think anyone remembers actually even played for the Lions. Uh, Delvin Cook last year had <laughs> 200 yards, by the way, against Detroit. So uh, we know that. We, were, oh, we remember that was <laughs> that was the straw that broke the camel back for me. That was it. That's when I wanted Pencilhead out of here. After he did that, I was like, "This is the guy I gotta go. This is this is it." Just noticed too, Malcolm. We both lost our trust in Patricia after a Vikings game, but mine was just a ours a year completely before. Different. Yeah, yeah I mean, mine before. was after in 2019 when Kirk Cousins like threw. I mean, they could score like 42 points on us that game. Yours yeah. was, uh, you know, last year, um, before the Thanksgiving game or two games before the Thanksgiving where game where Delvin Cook just it, ran all over us. That was just it, man. Because if you're a defensive, you came your background is your defensive coach, and if you are letting one guy. 
just run up and down. You know he's running the ball. You know they're running the ball. He can't stop it. I mean, like, what are you doing? What are, what are you doing here? He needed to go. So uh, let me just say quickly, the uh, pass defense has, um, I think, started to get it together, like in terms of their communication stuff. The first few weeks was a disaster, but um, Brashad Breland is still problematic. And last week, Baker Mayfield easily could have thrown for 300 yards had he been even remotely accurate. So that's the answer to that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was going to ask you that, guys, though. Like, do you guys like Dan Campbell? Do you like this this thing? I mean, if you were that patient with Matt Patricia, then I'm guessing that you sort of like what uh, Campbell has brought. But I feel like it's sort of um, here in Minnesota, the governor was Jesse Ventura once. And it's like Jesse Ventura. That. Yeah, is wild. <laughs> um, but Jesse, it's like having Jesse Ventura as your head coach. Um, but I like it from a team that sort of needs it. Like, like if you have a really miserable head coach who doesn't have like enthusiasm, energy, and is pushing people, and you're not a great football team, it's just a big pot of misery. So I think he's the right, right. guy for this. But I want to know what you guys think. Uh, I'll say this. You know, if if Dan Campbell was here and he had like the same staff as Pencilhead did, this would probably be bad. You know, I wasn't thrilled with Matt Patricia's staff. I mean, he was just hiring guys to just be there. Paul Pascaloni, come on. That guy's not a defensive coach. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we all knew this. Like, he was just hiring people, but he was like, all right, I'm going to hire you as a defensive. You're going to be our defensive coordinator, but you're running my scheme. You're going to run the plays that I want to run. So you're just there. Just make sure everybody do what I want them to do. That's what Matt Patricia was doing. Um, but this staff is amazing. I love Dan Campbell's staff more than I can say I love Dan Campbell. But Dan Campbell's doing a great job. But his staff here with Anthony Lynn, AG, these guys are just – I love these guys. I love our staff. So I think it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I've had some knocks on Dan Campbell in these first four games, especially I would say the last two. Last game was just very frustrating with some – late uh, game decision making that I just did not agree with. Um, I would say in the Baltimore game as well, some late game decisions I just did not agree with. But overall, I, I think I'm with Malcolm. I've really liked what the staff has done as far as uh, a player developmental standpoint so far, because we, we knew coming into the year that this roster just wasn't going to win many games because it's, it's not a great, a talented roster. But as far as, you know, getting the best out of some of these guys, I, I think they've done that so far. And I think, 
they will do that more as the season goes on. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm fully bought in right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm just optimistic. I'm, I'm curious to watch and uh, to see how this, you know, this train takes us with Dan Campbell and his staff. But so far, I think it's been solid. I'm not going to say great, but it hasn't been bad. It's been very solid so far. Yeah, um, I like what he's done. I like how he's aggressive. That previous coach was just super conservative. He's aggressive, and he tells things like this to the media. A lot of, like, coaches hide stuff. We're not going to talk about it. He just straight up tells it. He doesn't care about no competitive advantage or whatever you want to call it. Um, he just tells things to the media. He's honest with his players, and if a player doesn't play, even if he's a veteran, he'll release them. So that sends a message to the locker room as well. Like, Jamie Collins got released. I like how they're sending a message to the locker room, and I love the culture they're building here as well. The players are having fun. They're losing right now, but I feel like in a couple of years, once they get their guys in, they'll start winning. I really like what he's built here so far. Yeah, okay, so here here's a question for you that I think is um, one that we would not have asked in previous years. But would you rather be the Lions or the Vikings right now? Because I mean, my answer would be the, the Lions. Um, I, I think that you're in a position to do the thing that works in all sports. And it, it doesn't always work. Sometimes you draft the wrong guy and he's a bust. Uh, you right. And you guys and Joey Harrington wouldn't know anything about that. But sometimes <laughs> that happens. Uh, but but I'm all about Joey. But at least but you're at least you're in a position to have the golden ticket of drafting a quarterback high and then being able to spend boatloads of money. And you have a, a left tackle who is going to be able to protect him that you drafted high. I mean, that all those things seem like the foundation of, and, and it seems like a smart general manager, the foundation to build over a couple of years to be the Buffalo Bills or to be the Cleveland Browns, these teams that were laughing stocks. I grew up in Buffalo and I worked in Buffalo to start my career. Laughing stock the entire time I was there. Now they're a premier team in the league. I mean, the same thing for Cleveland. My gosh, I mean, 20 years of just being a joke. And then the light comes on. They get Baker Mayfield on the cheap contract. They get a smart coach and you're off and going. And with the Vikings, it just feels like being stuck in the same place that the Vikings have always been stuck in. And when I was looking at those Barry Sanders stats, you know what I noticed was the Vikings were always nine and seven, 10 and six, eight and eight, even yeah. from the nineties. It's like, it's yeah. always been who they are. And I feel like, uh, I feel like Vikings fans would love to switch places and just be like, yeah, actually we're bad. It's cool though, but we're bad. Instead of saying, no, no, we're the best one in three team in the league. Like, wow. Good for you. <laughs> no, Matthew, I'm, I'm right on cue with you. And that was my biggest knock with Lions fans because they loved the mediocrity. They were, they were so settled and, they loved like going, just having a chance in December. Like, I, okay, we're not good enough for these teams. Like, once we get in the playoffs, we're gonna get clocked. We played Seattle in 2016. We were not good enough. Like, that's why I was so sick of the Jim Caldwell era because that's exactly what Minnesota is right now. So, if you're asking me, would I take the Lions or the Vikings situation right now? Absolutely, the Lions. They gutted Lions. it out from the bottom, and they're trying to establish something big, like you, like you were saying, Buffalo. Cleveland I think even Miami I know they're not very good right now but I think they're doing it kind of right right now establishing a nice team right now but they're gutting it out from the bottom and you know starting from scratch I like to use as a cookie reference they're throwing out the burnt cookies and we're starting a new batch we're starting a new recipe that's what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are doing right now they're throwing away Patricia and Bob Quinn's cookies and we're starting a new recipe I mean that recipe is it's it's disgusting. It's out of style. It's time for a new one. A new chocolate chip recipe coming in. So I, I'm I'm right on you know Q. I'm ready for just to gut it out. Start from scratch and 
you know, and try to build that dynasty. And like you mentioned, they are setting a nice foundation already. And I think the way they approached their first draft was very important. They got a foundation of an offense alignment, two defense alignment. You win in the trenches. It's a cliche, but you win in the trenches, and that's what the Lions are establishing right now. So um, absolutely, I'll take the Lions right now. Then just being that middle where you just don't know where you are. You're not good enough for Super Bowl, but you're not bad enough to be a top 10 pick. So absolutely the Lions for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same same here. I mean, that's it's a no-brainer. I mean, you have a team that's that's rebuilding and, you know, you have all these draft picks and there, there's a chance that, you know, the future is bright. But the Vikings just seems to be, like, stuck. So it's like you just don't you just don't know what you're going to get from them. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm down to start over. <laughs> I mean, exactly and, what we're now, doing right now. Now I do think games are more entertaining for Vikings fans every Sunday than Lions yeah. games this year. Right. Like, that, like that's yeah. not a question. So if you're looking for just an entertainment standpoint, you would take the Vikings. But if you're looking to build some longevity, stability down the line, absolutely the Lions, in my opinion. Right. But I mean, the hey, good for you. You have entertainment value and you go nine and seven or nine and eight oh, or whatever. Fine. It's like they're, they're fine with that. They're completely fine. With that. <laughs> so. Well, and I and I understand that because uh, there's been so many seasons that are less than that for the lions that you feel like you have to get good before you can get great. But with the Vikings just sitting around it good for such a long time. And it's not just now, I mean, it's the entire franchise's uh, identity is being just sort of like on the doorstep, but not good enough. Just like the lion's identity is being all the way at the bottom. Um, but you know, at least in this case, now you have a chance to draft the next quarterback. And even you can sit the next quarterback for a year because you're still not going to be there at that point. Right. And that's why I was going to say too, and now you guys might disagree with me, not because I have not watched a ton of Jared Goff this year, but I feel like he's doing you a favor by showing that he's not all that good. <laughs> But I mean, that's a good thing, because if he shows a little too much, then front office people can outsmart themselves and be like, well, maybe he is good enough, but he's not. And so he's sort of showing you like, no, he's just a guy. He's just a guy you have to make sure you're not a laughing stock, to make sure that you can evaluate receivers and linemen and everything else. He's a pro quarterback, but no one can be sitting there going like Spencer, who I don't need him. Right. Like that that's at least my perception of it yeah jared goff we me and tyler like when we first traded for him like even before we saw him play a snap like this guy's gonna be our bridge quarterback we'll probably draft a qb year one or maybe even year two because of quarterbacks class this year to me it's not that strong so far i haven't really seen anyone that like that stands out like every year there's a guy so but like like you said i think he's just the bridge and in a few years hopefully they'll they'll draft a guy because they also have picks the following year as well. They have two picks this year and two picks the next year. Four first round picks in the next two years, which is absolutely yeah. big when you're doing a rebuild. Right. Go, go ahead. No, man. I mean, yeah, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. I've said it. I've said it. Like this year has done nothing for me to change my yeah, perception on it. Not. Like some people are like, you know, he's, he's just not it. They're unsatisfied. I'm like, what did you guys expect? <laughs> like I was just, I didn't have these high expectations for Jared Goff. So, you know, what he's doing right now is not, you know exceeding but i don't think he's under you know he's just doing what i expected basically which is right you know like you mentioned he's going to be an nfl quarterback you know he's going to keep you in a ball game for the most part he's not going to make you a complete laughing stock um he's going to be an average quarterback and that's what jared goff's career has been and it's gonna you know i think gonna be for the rest of his career just a nice bridge quarterback prepare for whoever's the next quarterback there and that's fine some guys make a nice career out of it you know a guy like that very well teddy bridgewater he makes a very nice career out of that I think Jared Goff could be that. 
And I, and oh, I think that's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's another one Fitzpatrick, where absolutely. you, you bring in Fitzpatrick to make sure you're a professional football team because all of us on Madden, we would just put the punter in and sim the season and just like, <laughs> make sure we go all in 17 and then draft number one overall. Right. Uh, I've never did that before. I never did that. So before. You never tried that? Yeah, oh, never man. did that. It's a tremendous strategy. You put the punter in a quarterback, <laughs> sim the season, you go all in 17 draft number one. Oh, that's, man, it's it, you can't, that's, you can't exactly do that. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm sorry, Tyler, I'm sort of taking the questions, but I'm fascinated. Good. Um, I'm fascinated with the lines a little bit, to be honest with you, because this is the position the Vikings are never in never. I mean, they had one, three and 13 season and they won a game in Washington. And I believe Christmas Eve to miss the suck for luck. So they don't have Andrew Luck because they won one stupid game. So make sure that your team does not do that. But well, we I, missed on the race for chase uh, sweepstakes by tying with the Cardinals, I guess. I mean, that was hindsight, though. So, you know. But yes. that's how that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. But I mean, Andrew Luck, think of a, th- what this franchise would have been with yeah, Andrew absolutely, Luck, right? absolutely. Um, yeah. So so I guess I wonder what you guys are looking for for the rest of the season, because from a Vikings perspective, what I'm looking for is. Uh, well, do they lose to the Lions and then everybody's fired? But if they don't, which I I don't suspect they will, then it's, well, can you really be a real contender? Can you beat good teams? Can you win your national TV games? Can you, even if you're only like a six seed, can you be stronger than a six seed because you figured it out and proved everybody wrong after your slow start? Like, that's what I'm looking for now. If people want to keep their job, if they want to keep with Kirk Cousins, all those things. I wonder what you guys are looking for. Um, we're just looking for players to develop. We don't really care about wins and losses that much. We want to see like the younger guys, like right now they're still developing. We want to see them in week seven, week eight, week nine, taking that next step in their development. That's honestly what we're looking for. Obviously we want competitive football, but we just want to see player development. That's what this year is about for us. And it's it's been tragic too, because a lot of those, you know, future building blocks that we kind of have in our mind right now, which is very like, you know, premature, but like when you look, look at the big picture and saying, Hey, this could be a guy for our long-term plan. Unfortunately, they have also, not all of them, a lot of them have suffered big injuries. Jeff Okuda, mm-hmm. out week one, done. Like, that just, it's a wash. We, we don't even get to watch him anymore for the rest of the year, and that stunts a, a big development. Romeo Quarter, same thing. Like, he was supposed to be one of our building blocks. We gave him a contract this offseason. He's out. Frank Ragnow, he's now on IR. He was supposed to be one of our building blocks. Um, Taylor Decker, as well. He's on IR. Like a lot of these guys that we had envisioned, Melifanu as well. Yeah, Fatu Melifanu. Like a lot of these guys that we had in like envisioned to be building blocks for the future, we are losing a lot of them to injuries right now. Which is obviously it's the NFL. You're going to sustain injuries throughout a, a 17 game season. Right. Like that, that's expected. But that that's been you know the most frustrating thing I would say so far. More than the win loss record right now, it's that we're losing on a lot of guys that. Um, we could be developing throughout the year and looking at potential building blocks for the, you know, for this long-term plan. So that's what I would say is most frustrating. But like Peter's saying, you know, just the guys that we have up, you know, who the guys are going to be playing, could they take that next step? Are they going to take advantage of the role that they're in right now? Um, there's a lot of guys fighting for roster spots. There's a lot of guys, you know, fighting to be those building blocks for the long-term. So that's what I want to see throughout the season. There's multiple guys on this team that you're keeping an eye out for and, you know, just hope they improve week in and week out. Yeah, so um, to your question, I don't think they're really looking like as far as like trying to lose every game to try to get that draft pick, that top draft pick. This team is going to they're going to be competitive. I can see them, you know, playing 
you know, trying trying to win every game. They're not going to. Um, you know, we'll be lucky if we could squeeze out one, two, one or two, maybe three games this year with this roster. So they're going to be competitive. But as far as them, if you're thinking like, all right, are we going to try to lose these games to try to gain draft capital to try to get the number one overall pick? This team is not going to do that. Sure. Who's your backup quarterback, by the way? Is there a Dave, guy you could put in? David Blau. Blau. Oh, David yeah. Blau. You know about oh, David okay. Blau. <laughs> okay. You get to week 14, 15. Uh, Jared Goff's got a finger injury. Can't play. David Blau, you're in. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've got, got Tim Boyle as well. You know about Tim Boyle. Uh, I, I suppose I know about Tim Boyle. I've never <laughs> actually seen Tim Boyle play. I have, mm-hmm. unfortunately. The David, the David Blau game against the Vikings is the one game because I, I – you know, truly love my job. It's the one game where I thought about not going to the stadium. I just thought about being like, no, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't spend. It's a long day covering an NFL game. I cannot spend this whole day on something that David Blau is doing. Right. I mean, he played, he, played, he made his debut on Thanksgiving, man. That, that was, that was something as well. National TV is his debut was on Thanksgiving. So I, I don't, was an 80 yard bomb to Kenny Galladay. The first yeah, I don't even fault him right. for that. I don't fault you for that. I mean, it's David <laughs> it was Blau. It's David Blau. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question that I just, you know, when, when uh, Malcolm reached out, asked if I want to do this, I thought I'd love to talk about the funniest stuff that's ever happened to the lions because with the Vikings, Oh, for no. a team, for a team that's competitive, though, funny stuff happens all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give you guys an example. My first year covering the team, um, week 17, the Chicago Bears run a goofy play where they threw a touchdown to Matt Barkley. And it was in a meaningless game. The Vikings were out of the playoffs. And we all sort of laughed at it. Like, what is why do they even do that? Throw a touchdown to Matt Barkley. Who cares? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles copied that play in the Super Bowl. And that was the pass that they threw to Nick Foles, whatever the nickname for the it. The Philly Special. The Philly, Philly special, special. Right, the Philly Special. So, like, things like that that are ironic and ridiculous happen to the Vikings all the time. That's one of my favorites is that the Matt Barkley play is the Philly Special. Uh, and in that same game, a person hung from the roof with a uh, giant banner, the only banner the Vikings have ever hung, um, to uh, protest a pipeline. That was happening. So a gigantic, there's a person in a Favre jersey dangling from a rope <laughs> and hanging this gigantic banner up there. And they didn't show it on TV because I guess, you know, they have rules, like, uh, whatever, that you're not supposed right. to. But it is the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, this person protesting and hanging from the roof. So stuff, stuff like that. Like, what is the Detroit version of that? Is it just everything? Ooh. Okay, hold up. I got, I, I got one. This, this is not even during a game. This was us at leaving Ford Field. All three of us leaving Ford Field. Oh, I this. <laughs> unbelievable story. So we're just walking, um, and I, I guess we passed the players slash coaches parking lot. Had no idea, and I saw my favorite coach of all time, Paul Pascaloni. Um, <laughs> we just saw him. He rolls on his windows. In a beat up, what car was he driving? I don't remember what he was driving. It was like a beat up suburban. Right? It, was, it had to be like a like a. 91 <laughs> uh, I don't know it's the most Paul Pascaloni thing ever it just it just screamed Paul Pascaloni when I saw that I'm like oh my god that's fucking Paul Pascaloni <laughs> so uh unbelievable story and you know he was my favorite coach at, why at and, and he still is my favorite coach he's just because he's he did a- nothing 
yeah, Patricia just put up the blame on him. He was the he was the most innocent scapegoat of all time ever. So, uh, my favorite coach of all time. I love Paul. Stop and getting to, see, getting to see him in person in the beat up suburban, unbelievable story. One of my favorite <laughs> of all time. I tell my grandkids. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that. The fact that your story is about Paul Pascaloni makes that funny enough. Just like, <laughs> yes, like does. who who would even know that Paul Pascaloni was in the NFL still recently? Yeah, no, I mean this was only in 2019. I mean, so it wasn't that long ago. Uh, yeah. What else? What else is a crazy story that I got like of the Lions? That's I mean, probably the craziest story I've I've uh, witnessed. I mean, like th- there's obviously like a bunch of like just stupid moments in games that we see all the time, like Dan Orlowski stepping outside the end zone versus. Oh Minnesota. yes, yeah. For like, sure. Yeah, like we have a bunch of stupid moments like that, obviously. That's what I mean. Tell yes. me more of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, like, P.J. Walker dicing us up uh, to get Matt Patricia to lose his job last year. Uh, what, what else is there? I mean, the list goes on. There's so many games like that where uh, we, we are now known as rookie quarterbacks always beating us. Justin Fields just added to that collection last week. Oh, yeah. Um, we made Mitch Trubisky look like an MVP Mitch every Trubisky, time we, we kept I mean, we kept Mitch Trubisky in the NFL like as a starting quarterback much longer than it had to be. <laughs> We've kept Matt Nagy in, in office way longer than it had to be. Yeah, uh, I think man. I think like one one of the ones that got me like really upset like the most is when Chase Daniel kicked like cooked us. Chase Daniel, <laughs> yes, yes. When we yes, got cooked biggest, by Chase Daniel. Like this biggest, dude, like he hasn't. I think this was like his first like was it like his first start? No, no, no. It was his fifth he, career start, but he only had fifth one career, career start. Only had one career win prior to that. But they had mostly Cooked been us. like in week 17s where exactly. it didn't matter, right? It was like you his know, first yeah. game that mattered. Yes. Yeah, this is like his first game that mattered. And Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving. I was so mad. No, but, yeah. Uh, and he's the biggest scammer in the NFL, Chase Daniel. And he beat us. And then he joined us after. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, here's, I mean, here's one for you. The fact that Kirk Cousins is 6-0 and with, I think, a 130 quarterback rating against the Lions as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the, the fact that <laughs> Cousins is the most sort of up-and-down type of quarterback, and uh, there have been no down days against the Detroit Lions. You know, he's 20-24-1 he's against everyone else and 6-0 and against the Lions, so he's above 500 overall. It's my favorite stat. Interesting. Matt, Matthew, what's your thoughts on Kirk Cousins here? I think yeah, he's, I mean, I was, like, just from a far perspective, I haven't watched every game, but, like, just having red zone on and the Vikings are there, I watched, like, a little bit when they played Seattle. Um, you know, what's your perception on Kirk Cousins? I, it seems like he's been better this year. You know, I, I would say it's probably been his best years of Viking as far as this early in the season. So maybe add, like, 5% to Jared Goff um, and you That's have it. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean... Like, think about what they both need to succeed. So when Jared Goff was having good years and leading number one offenses, they had a great offensive line. They had at least two wide receivers, probably three at his best. Brandon Cooks, what Sammy Watkins was there, Cooper Cup. So they had really good receivers. And they had a great running game with Todd Gurley, five-something yards of carry, right? And the most innovative offense in the NFL at the time. Uh, I think a lot of offenses have caught up to the Rams now, but still, they're leading the innovation. When you look at Cousins, what he's had through his career in Washington, he had Sean McVay as his offensive coordinator. He had Deshaun Jackson. He had Pierre Garçon. 
two great tight ends, great offensive line. Here, it hasn't been the great offensive line, but it's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, uh, Irv Smith last year, Kyle Rudolph is a Pro Bowl, a very solid player, and uh, you know Diggs before that, and Diggs is shown to be a top three receiver in the NFL. And what you get is still the sort of up and down type of play. Um, you get when everything is perfect and you're playing the Lions, he absolutely demolishes them. But when you're playing the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs and they have a tough defensive line, there's really no answer that he has. And I guess I, I think there are like a half dozen quarterbacks who are very good in the NFL, but they have no answers. So like Jimmy Garoppolo's this way and Goff is this way and Baker Mayfield is this way where if you if you lay it out for him and you give them open receivers, man, they'll light you up all day long. If anything goes wrong, they're probably going to lose. That's not the case with Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or Jer uh, Josh Allen or, you know what I mean? Matt, even Matt Stafford, uh, who I I have uh, sort of waffled on whether, you know, like he's overrated or underrated is a funny thing. If you threw it out there on Twitter, like is Stafford overrated or underrated? It would be a fight for the rest of eternity. But um but but that's that is a good point though because Matt Stafford has like a trump card like if things aren't going well and you're pressuring him and you're getting after him and you're hitting him he's got this just ridiculous arm and he can make a throw that nobody else can make right. and cousins, cousins can't do that he just he doesn't have great arm strength he doesn't have any mobility or athleticism and so if it's not all laid out on a platter and that's why and how many games per year are laid out on a platter I don't know eight to ten. How many games does he always win? I don't know. Eight to 10, right? So, so that's why I look at it is that's a fine quarterback. If you're paying him on a rookie contract, if he's the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL by his cap hit, which he is, you're probably not going to be able to build a strong enough roster, which they haven't. Fair enough. Right. Okay. Let, let, let's go into more of this game now. So you look at this Lions defense depleted secondary right now and missing your best pass rusher in Romeo Aquara. You mentioned it. Kirk Cousins is six and zero versus the Lions in a Minnesota Vikings uniform. What do you expect this Sunday with Kirk Cousins versus Lions defense? 375 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, oh, I mean, damn. honestly, guys, <laughs> when you don't pressure Kirk Cousins, he's going to light you up. Um, this has always been the case. And I just have a very tough time seeing them pressuring Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, I think that um, maybe they could throw some different looks in there, unlike Matt Patricia, who played the same defense in every single oh game. Gosh. That yep, especially every and 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 cover one is the worst thing you could do against Kirk Cousins because that means Thielen or Jefferson is man to man, and they're going to win that. Uh, yep. But I just think the talent isn't there. Like, who's covering Justin Jefferson? This could be a game where Jefferson gets two hundred and thirty yards receiving or something. That's kind of the way that that I look at it. That if it's going to be a game, it has to be. Uh, because Cousins gets a couple of interceptions, he gets a tip ball or something like that that gets picked. It's going to have to be things really break right for the Lions, for the Vikings not to put up like 35 points. Okay, Matthew, Pierre, and Malcolm, I want to play a game with you guys. So with our new sponsors, Underdog, they dropped out the new pick-ums, uh, yardage, the whole thing. So I'm going to I'm going to give you guys a player and a number. You tell me over or under, okay? Let's start off okay. with Eric Goff. 262 and a half passing yards over or under Matthew. Uh, I'll go over. Cause I think they will be playing from behind the whole game. Okay. Pierre under under. Okay. Malcolm. I agree with Matthew here. I, I say over because I do see them playing from behind. Okay. Let's go. Let's go on to Deandre Swift. 84 and a half rushing slash receiving yards. So add them together. 84 and a half hmm. Matthew over or under 
Um, I'm going to go over. The Vikings have really not stopped running backs this year. Okay. Pierre? Over. Okay. Malcolm? From what I saw last week, I'm, I'm going to say under. Until I, until I see that they're able to go back and use them the way that they used them against Baltimore, I'm going to say under. Okay. All right. Well, this is a big question one because we don't even know if he's going to be playing this game. But they're TJ Hawkinson, if you guys want to take advantage right now, TJ Hawkinson's on this list right now. So 54 and a half receiving yards over under Matthew. Well, if he doesn't play, then I'll go under. <laughs> Zero, yeah. <laughs> if he does, if he does play, uh, I will still. Well, the Vikings have some dinged up linebackers, so I think that there is uh, advantage to be taken, and there's just not a lot of receiving talent on Detroit. So I guess I would go over if he plays. Okay, Pierre. Yeah, if he's active, over. Malcolm. I'll go. I'll go over. Um, there. I know the Vikings are kind of banged up in the linebacking. All right, guys. Uh, the, the crew is saying bet the over here. So go over here. All right. Let's go into the Vikings. We got three Vikings running right now. Three more than one. This. All right. Kirk Cousins, 263 passing yards. Over, under. I mean, oh my Matt, God. Matt, 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 Matt is very <laughs> enthusiastic oh, of going I mean, over here. You'd have to be out of your skull not to go over with this one. I mean, just, just Google his numbers against the Lions. If he doesn't go over 262, uh, Mike Zimmer is fired. Rick Spielman is fired. Every, everyone is fired. If he, right. the only the only way he doesn't is if they're up so much so fast that they just run the rest of the game, which, which is, is possible. possible. But I I still this is a stat padding game. This is how when people are like, oh, Cousins had the fifth best quarterback rating in the league. You're like, yeah, because he threw for 500 against the Lions. Like that's. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right, well, well there you guys go. You guys are gonna have to get in the over on this one. So maybe I'm gonna, I might, I might jump in on this my own. Am I? Go uh, over right here. All right, Pierre, what do you got here? Over. I'm on going there. over, man. You got a depleted line, secondary, bad safeties, no pass rushers, like no Aquara, maybe no Flowers. I gotta oh. go the over. Other than that, though, defense is fine. Yeah. All yeah. Right, no. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 one of my picks. That's I put over. <laughs> I, I put over, yeah. I already know our situation. You put the over on the pick comes. All right, Justin Jefferson, 78 and a half receiving yards, over, under. I mean, I'll go over again. Who's covering him? <laughs> That's good. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler's covering him. About the same correlation. All right, Peter, what do you got here? No, I think I'll get like 120 plus. I'm going over. Okay, Malcolm. Over. Another one of my picks, over. Okay, and last one, Adam Thielen, five and a half receptions this game. Matthew? Yeah, I'll go over on that one, too. I mean, everything passing, I think, is going to be over, especially after what happened last week. I think they're going to want to come out and just throw it all over the place and just put this away quickly and not have it be dicey like it has been for most of their games. Okay, Pierre. You said five and a half? Five and a half. That's a lot Matt, of stuff. So I don't really watch the Vikings. Does Steelen get targeted a lot? Uh, not as much as he used to, like in 2018 when they threw to him all the time, but... Yeah, last week they kind of shut him down, so I think that he'll be really looking for the football this week. All right, let's go with the over then. Okay, Malcolm. I'm telling everybody my picks. Yeah, I picked I picked the over on this one. <laughs> okay. Well, if you guys want to take advantage, we have a promo code right now. If you guys want to use code PridePod, ten dollars off if you're of your first time signing up with Underdog Fantasy. So there you guys go. You guys got our picks. Let's talk about predictions now. So the the line right now on Barstool, I last looked at. Uh, let me just make sure. I want to get an updated line, and I want to get Matthew's predictions, and we're gonna get a bold prediction. So while we're at, while I'm waiting to get this line, um, Matthew, what's your bold prediction in this game? I guess my if I had to make a bold prediction, it would be that at some point, like in the third quarter, say, uh, Vikings fans are nervous. 
Like, I, I mean, I think that ultimately the final score will not be super close, but that there's a pluckiness to the Detroit Lions and there's a nervousness to the Minnesota Vikings where it could be like 10 to nothing Lions and everyone's going, oh my God. And then it, just, you know, and then it works out the way that you expect it to. But that that would be bold. The, the bold prediction would be at some point the Vikings are real nervous. Okay, and the spread right now, I just looked at it, is at nine points, which has increased. It was at seven earlier in the week. It's at nine now. Do you still like that spread for the Minnesota Vikings? I I do. The amount of desperation for this team, I, I think that they'll win by two touchdowns. Okay. Okay. All right. So there you guys go. You got Matthew Collar's picks. He's taking the Minnesota Vikings if he had to bet on the spread. And you got his over-unders. He's basically going over, which we love. We love the over-dogs right here. If, you, if you're aggressive enough to go over, you know, that, that is fantasy football. That is sports betting. We love the over. So, right. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I think that's it. Matthew, you got any other questions for us? I mean, I could ask you about Detroit Lions calamities all day long, but I this, this we have another matchup. Fun, we have another matchup this year. Matt. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We've got plenty more time, so think on those stories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Pride Podcast and the Purple Insider Podcast with Matthew Collar and the Pride Podcast. Me, Malcolm Hart, Pierre. Hope you guys all enjoyed it again. Leave a five-star review on both of our feeds. We always love them. Matthew, I'm assuming you love them. I haven't asked you this, but I'm assuming you like five-star reviews. Never complain uh, about Works them. for me, yep. Complain <laughs> about so leave a five-star review on his as well. And I'm signing out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's Malcolm, and I'm out. Peace. Football. Peace. <laughs>